my last few days of BSD week has gone much smoother than the first few days. The first few days were a nightmare of things not installing and horrible screens of garbled awfulness. But the last few days with OpenBSD and Hello System have been pretty good. Pretty good on the BSD front. Plus, I've fallen down some crazy BSD history rabbit holes that I'm, I'm super excited about. This is the Lunduke Journal of Technology podcast for February 19th. The year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, so it, for those of you who follow along, uh, well, you know we're doing BSD week all week long through next Wednesday. So we're all experimenting with BSD. We're installing BSD and talking about BSD. I'm writing history articles about BSD. We're just, we're just surrounding ourselves with BSD-ness. And it's been a lot of fun so far. Honestly, I've learned more from this week about BSD than from any of the previous themed weeks we've had. It's it's really been kind of an eye-opening experience for me because I, I've never been a BSD guy, you know? Like, Unix, yes. And Linux, yes. Even Minix, but not BSD for whatever reason. The BSD family tree of operating systems, while I've dabbled with some of them, to certain degrees, and certainly was aware of some of the history, I didn't really fully understand the depth and the interestingness of BSD history. I, I, I started out writing a, an article on the history of BSD. And as it as this article grew longer and longer, I'm like, wow, I gotta I gotta break part of this out into a separate article. So I I broke part of it out into an article about VI, right, the text editor, because that VI grew out of BSD. I mean, in fact, BSD kind of exists to ship VI. That, I mean, that, that that's why it, that's like one of the first like three pieces of software made for the Berkeley software distribution. So I. Uh, I broke that out into its separate separate articles. So that was two articles. So then I, I keep writing that main core history article. And then I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be two articles. The history, I'm going to break it out into the years. And I wrote the from the start up through 1989 and released that as part one on Friday, Thursday, something like that. It's a good article. Go read it. And then after I sat down to finish the second part of that series, I realized that I needed to break it into another part. It was, this was going to be three parts plus the history of VI in order to just barely scratch the surface on the history of BSD. There's just so much there. It, it gets crazy. I mean, there's lawsuits, there's intrigue, there's corporate infighting. There's a lot of drama in the BSD world. And that doesn't even bring into it all of the different uh, CPU architectures and platforms and the 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 offshoot uh, ports and forks of BSD. For instance, I was not fully aware of Sony having a BSD operating system. Were, were you aware of this? Like some of you, I'm sure were. <clears throat> some of you were like, "Dude, Lunduk, yeah, you you ever you ever learn about computer history?" But like, I never. I, I, I knew that Sony worked in Unix-like workstations for a period of time. I've never used one of them. 
Uh, I've never even seen one in person, but they're called News, N-E-W-S, and they made for it an operating system for these workstations, News OS, and News OS was based on BSD 4.X, 4.2 and 4.3, and it was, I didn't realize that, so Sony was shipping BSD on Motorola 68K workstations, like in the late 80s, even more than that. Did you know that that Sony had a BSD-powered laptop in 1990? I had no idea. No clue. I love old laptops and portables. I mean, I guess this is, calling this a laptop is a stretch. It is, it is a lap weight. (laughs) You know, it's one of those, it's one of those late 80s, early 90s laptops where it's big and thick and chunky, you know, and uh, I don't know exactly how much it weighs. I think like three or four kilos or something like that but uh it was a big machine and but they made it just the same little tft screen laptop um flat flat panel screen laptop form factor ish and it was a bsd laptop in 90 90 how cool is that from sony i i had no idea so so now I have a whole nother spin-off article series about that and another piece of hardware i've been looking at it, I'm going to be writing BSD articles until I die at this rate. <laughs> it's just going nonstop. I'm going to cut it off. I, I have so many other topics that I, I have on the docket for the end of February. There's a bunch of Linux stuff. There's some. Uh, there's actually some Mac and Windows stuff I want to write about. Uh, there's an Android thing I want to write about. There's all. Uh, there's a couple of retro things. There's a bunch of stuff I want to squeeze in at the end of February here. But I, I every time I I dig a little deeper on BSD, I uncover a whole new world that I was either completely unaware of or had just the basic most passing knowledge of and i'm i'm learning so much so i I hope you're enjoying it too i hope you're following along and and have enjoyed what i put out there so far and have been watching all the really cool stuff that people have been posting about over on lunduke.locals.com it's been it's been a blast so if you've been following you know that my first few days, I was trying to get 386 BSD and NetBSD running, and I it was it was a it was a spectacular failure, right? It was just it it was not going well, <laughs> not not at all. <laughs> a three BSD 386 BSD is kind of an expected failure. It, 386 BSD was the first real port of BSD to the 386 x86 line um and it kind of it kind of sprung out of net slash two and a few other things but it was the first real go at that and from there that branched off to a lot of things that led to net bsd and open bsd and free bsd and all that sort of thing um and then and then kind of got abandoned so it's it's early it's rough it's raw it doesn't do any hand holding and and near as I can tell, it's pretty hard to get up and running. Uh, I tried it with just about every emulator I could think of. I, I could, you're trying to emulate as close as I could those old systems from that era. I, I just had no dice. Uh, I posted a screenshot of as close as I got, 
And it's just like garbled text and colors flashing all over the screen. So I moved on. I moved on to Hello System. And it worked really well. Now, Hello System is based on free BSD. And it it really did work spectacularly well. It's it's a weird, weird operating system. And I mean that in a good way. I don't want to... What I'm about to say is going to sound derogatory towards Hello System. But I, it really... I don't mean it that way. Because I, I'm extremely impressed with both what they're trying to accomplish and what they have already accomplished. But I really, really don't like it. <laughs> I, and I, I mean that in like the nicest possible way. Because I think for many people people really should try out Hello System. It, it is actually pretty cool. What they've done is they basically took FreeBSD and they're trying to give it a macOS 10, you know, macOS X-ish, modern macOS X, not like aqua pulsing buttons, but like the current super gradiented whatever macOS, the, the, the current macOS. Uh, they're trying to give it that look, right? With the global menu bar and that general style of window borders, um, even that general style of icons and designs. And they're, they're, they're really pushing down that line. And the net result so far is a system where it feels like it is exactly what I just explained. It's free BSD trying to look and feel like macOS current macOS, not old macOS. If it was looking like old macOS, like macOS 8 or something like that, honestly, uh, I would be super stoked right now and I'd probably still be running it. Um, but the, it's 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 kind of going for that new macOS look and it, that's not a look I particularly love. And so I think if someone does love it though, Hello System is going to be very, very interesting. It, they're really working on the workflow a lot. You can tell that they're trying to make it easy to install applications in a very Mac OS like way, you know, using app image and everything else. And, and I'm, I'm impressed with all that. It's really cool. My personal experience with running it is that it installed easily enough. I was able to get everything I needed to do up and running with the exception of sound, <laughs> sound was a nightmare. Um, I I tried to record a podcast episode in Hello System, and I, it, it wouldn't recognize my USB audio breakout box. It wouldn't recognize the USB microphone I had. It, I just I couldn't get audio to function properly. I had all sorts of audio problems, but besides audio, things worked pretty well but buggy, right? I had a lot of configuration tools and settings, panels and whatnot crash on me. There were some weird user interface things where like it was clear they were like designing them to, to or modifying them to look more macOS like and fit in with the rest of Hello System. But like things were just always a little bit off. The text was just a little bit of a wrong font. Everything was slid over to the left a little bit weird. There was just a lot of stuff. It felt like, and, and I, again, I mean this with love. <laughs> it felt like running Linux in the late 90s. You know what I mean? Like the, 
like like some of the applications didn't quite mesh up and look right um you could you could get everything you wanted to do done but it, you're going to have to work at it you know you you really had to work at it to make it to make it go and, and it it's worth looking at it really is i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to stay away from it for a while because I want to come back to Hello System like maybe six months from now and see where they're at again. You know, install it on a machine for a couple hours, kick it around, push a few buttons and see if it's really improved in that time. Because I, I bet you it will have. You know, knowing the people, uh, the, the guy behind it is the main guy behind App Image, And, and I, he does solidly good work. And I, I am confident if they stick with this, that it has legs. It has real potential. But probably not for me. It, it doesn't... It's not... Again, if it were a different sort of thing... I, I If it were entirely different, I'd like it. <laughs> I know that's horrible, but that's kind of how I felt about it. it. If it was a little bit more retro-styled, I might, I might be more interested. If it worked a little bit more like an old Mac... And less like a new Mac, I'd probably be more interested. And honestly, even if it worked a little bit more like older Linux, I'd probably be interested. But it's, and I see, I love Unix. I love like HPUX and Solaris. I like Irix. I, I like so many of the Unix and Unix alike systems that. Hello system sitting on top of FreeBSD, but with taking some elements from from modern Mac could be interesting, but it's not for me. It's not how I want to do things. So uh, I recommend checking it out, but I've already wiped it off my machine, uh, and I've moved on to OpenBSD, which is a whole different can of potatoes. <laughs> it is super super. It is. If Hello System is like running Linux in 1999, OpenBSD is like running Linux in 1996. <laughs> you know what I mean? You you do not get your hand held with OpenBSD. It's it is what it is, and if you read the documentation, you can get it working. And, and multiple people have told me this uh, over the last several weeks, and even the last couple of days over in the locals community, people have been like, you know what? It's great. You're gonna like it. Read the man pages, read the documentation. Uh, here's some tips to figure it out. A, a few folks even sent me little tips on on configuring different desktop environments and the like, which proved incredibly helpful. Go check out uh, lunduke.locals.com and search for OpenBSD and you'll, you'll find all of that. And what I'm finding so far, I'm still tinkering. What I'm finding so far is they're right. In general... I'm having an easier time using and acclimating myself to OpenBSD than I was with Hello System. I like I like how bare bones it can be. I like I like the design of it, like the the, the structure of it all. Obviously, you're not going to say, "Hey, hey Aunt Clara, you you like you like your Mac? You like Windows 11? Here's OpenBSD. No, you don't you're not going to do that. Most people most people should never try OpenBSD. <laughs> 
but I really like it. Uh, it's um, I could I could see, um, I could I I, I I'm still having some sound issues. I'm not. It, it, it's I'm not there yet. Like I'm I'm recording this on my Linux machine. I'm still having some sound issues on OpenBSD. Um, I'm having some Wi-Fi hiccups. Wi-Fi is working, but it is going up and down, and it just seems to just stop working sometimes. Other than those two issues, I haven't had any problems. Of course, sound and internet connectivity are kind of big issues. That said, I'm pretty confident... I can get past them. Uh, looking at the documentation I've seen, reading through some of the forum posts on on some of the issues for like my particular chipsets that I'm using, I think I can get past most of them, but I'm not there yet. So that's that's tomorrow Monday is going to be spent a little bit of time seeing if I can dial in an open BSD installation, get my sound and Wi-Fi working. Get it really narrowed down. So it's just dialed in, right? A good, well-oiled OpenBSD install. And then I want to sit back and look at it, right? And just really evaluate. Like, is this a system I could use? It's set. It's how I want it. Am I good, right? And I'm I'm guessing that assuming I can overcome these issues, and I think I can, I think this is a system that I could I could live with. I could spend some time with this one. And it's you know, I mean I guess that shows you you know the kind of computer user I am where OpenBSD where it doesn't hold your hand at all and is very bare bones in many ways is far more enticing to me than Hello System. Interestingly though, if Hello System had been trying to recreate the look, feel, workflow and 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 the 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 application install styles and everything of say a classic macOS, I'd probably be all over Hello System. But but OpenBSD it feels very Unix to me, you know? Like it's it's like using a real old Unix workstation. Things on the the, in the Linux world, have become extraordinarily bloated. And that said, you'll notice I've said a few times now about comparing things to using Linux in the 90s. And there is a benefit to all that bloat, right? There's a good side to it all. We have much better hardware support on Linux now than we've ever had in the past. In fact, the hardware support on Linux nowadays is really pretty great. And... We have a lot of software. We have some pretty solid performance. I mean, Linux is a very mature desktop system at this point. There are downsides to it, and I have many downsides, which I will be talking about next month for Linux Sucks 2023. By the way, you should definitely be part of that. Uh, side note on that. Side note on that. For those of you who haven't seen it already, we're having a Linux, it's not a Linux Sucks, an all sorts of suck mega event. The title made me giggle. On March 18th, it takes place at 6 p.m. Central. We're going to do Linux Sucks 2023, Mac OS Sucks, and Star Trek Sucks. Uh, All of them. Three shows back-to-back about (laughs) how much Linux, Mac OS, and Star Trek suck. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a fun day. We're going to do more of these going forward where we have... 
I don't even know what to call them. Really tiny mini events. Um, I mean, I'm calling it a mega event um, because that sounds better than mini event. But it's it's really just a couple of, of live shows in my style, right? Like, like the Linux sucks where you, I just have a, a boatload of slides and I have a show pre-prepared and planned out and I'm going to rant and rave about something for 45 minutes to an hour. And if, if you're a currently a subscriber, you get to watch all of them with me. It's only available to subscribers. But seriously, go grab a subscription if you haven't already. My goodness. Uh, the, the deal is still going on right now where you can get uh, the founding member or the lifetime subscriber at like a really, really good discount. But that's only available like for like the next what, like two days. So go do that right now. Uh, do that right, 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 right now. Um, I Don't like pause. Go do it. Come back on pause. All right. All right. Back to where we were at. Uh, where? Shoot. Where were we? All right. We're, we're talking about how much things suck. <laughs> right. So so Linux, that bloat has a good side with Linux, right? But the, the downside is the bloat. It is how complicated the system has become. It has gotten to a point where it is hard to know everything that's happening on a Linux system that didn't all, that wasn't always the case. I mean, there was always enough going on that were you going to know what every daemon was doing? Were you going to know what every piece of software, what every library did on your system? Probably not, but you could get a pretty good handle on it. And OpenBSD kind of feels like that. I, I know there's a ton available for OpenBSD nowadays, but it feels more like you have more control, a better handle on the system than you do under under modern Linux systems. And I really like that. I really like that a lot. That that's that's something that I find enticing. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if I can dial BSD in tomorrow what that means, right? Like, is that is that going to mean that, that OpenBSD is a system that I could use going forward as like a production machine? We'll find out. We're going to find out tomorrow. I'll, I'll post my, my results over on the Locals community and, and you guys can follow along. I, I, have, a, I have several people who have, who have been offering me help on the OpenBSD front because there's quite a few OpenBSD fans around. And uh, thank you guys. Thank you guys for that. I really appreciate it. Now, after tomorrow, though, I've only got a day and a half of BSD left. So I need to figure out what I want to spend my time on. Because I I, I dove into 386 BSD and then NetBSD and then Hello System on top of FreeBSD and then OpenBSD. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and get 2.11 2, sorry, 2.11 BSD running. Because 2.11 BSD is the oldest currently updated revision of the Berkeley software distribution. Now, it is it is not the same as it was back in the 80s. Right? Not at all. <laughs> not, not even remotely. <laughs> because if, if you followed the history of BSD article that I posted this last week, you remember that 2BSD, which is what 2.11BSD is based on, it was not an operating system. 
Not even remotely was it an operating system. It was an archive of a handful, a very small handful of pieces of software available for Unix, right? So you get this archive of the Berkeley software distribution and you could install it on your Unix machine. And with it, you get a Pascal compiler <laughs> for real, uh, a, a VI, and a couple of other things. There, there wasn't much. I want to say it was like a total of like six things. It, it was not much. Over the years, some of the additional improvements, including things that happened in three BSD, got brought back into two BSD, and it got expanded. And you, you can anyway, it's a bigger thing now. But it since it's con, it has a continuous lineage. From those early days, I want to try getting 2BSD up and running. 2.11, sorry, I keep doing that. 2.11 BSD, because it's not 2 point and then it's 11. It's not 1.1. One, one. <laughs> um, I want to I see what it's like. Because while it has many modern things added back into it, it's still at its core this really old system. And I want to try running it. I want to try running as many of those software packages as I can. Because it just sounds like a great way to cap off BSD week. Trying to run some of the earliest BSD stuff on planet Earth. Right? Doesn't that sound like fun? Anyway, I'm going to give that a shot on Tuesday, I think. And then uh, I'll wrap everything up. I'll, I'll post some screenshots of whatever I get up and running, again, over on the Locals community. And then we'll wrap everything up with a with a podcast and a post. And, and I'll include a bunch of random tidbits that happened and pictures from throughout the week on Wednesday. Thank you to everyone who's been taking part in BSD Week with me. I, I, I've said it before. I have learned so much this week. I... I can't remember a week where I have learned this much stuff about computing history. That It was all, so much of it was new to me. I'm so glad we've done this. And I'm looking forward to some of the upcoming weeks because, like this one, they're really going to force me out of my comfort zone. Like, we're going to do Plan 9 week. I can't remember exactly what the dates are for that. You can check out the calendar, but it's... Plan 9 is an operating system I've always wanted to just dive into, you know? I, I just want to see what it's like. I want to see what it's like to use it. I want to feel it. Because every operating system has its feel, its vibe, its style. and I want to see what that is for Plan 9. And I, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I've installed Plan 9 in a VM before. But I did almost nothing with it. Now's my chance. For a whole week, I'm going to see, I'm going to immerse myself in the history of Plan 9, the design of Plan 9, and the modern day usage of Plan 9. Like, what can we really do with it now? How well does it work? How does it work compared to other things? What's it like? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are its turn-ons? What are its turn-offs? I really want to know about Plan 9. And we're also going to do that for Serenity OS. I've tried Serenity OS a little bit more than Plan 9, but just the same. It, it, it's Serenity OS is rapidly evolving, rapidly improving, and many people within the community have pointed this out, and I agree with them on this. There is a big future in Serenity OS. I, I, Serenity OS is moving so fast, 
and improving so dramatically, almost weekly, it is hard to envision a future more than a few years out where Serenity OS is not at least a significant player in the open source operating system world, right? Right alongside Linux, BSD, and and whatever. Serenity is going to be a big deal. And I, I feel like if we can walk away after BSD week and Plan 9 week and Serenity week and all that stuff, if we can walk away with a fuller, better, richer understanding of all these systems, even if we personally don't end up using them, that makes it us a little bit smarter and a little bit more well-rounded. And whatever software we do use, we will be using because we choose to, not because that's what happened to be installed. We will be knowingly and, and with a great deal of awareness using software and building software that is the best it can be. I love that. I love that so much. Anyway, so that's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm super psyched. We got a couple of days left of BSD week. So I, I hope I hope all of you got to have some fun with it. Keep keep paying attention. Keep watching what's happening. Keep learning. This is amazing stuff. And again, make sure you've got the subscription. <laughs> make sure you pick up the founding member or the lifetime subscription or something because my gosh, the the stuff that we're gonna be doing. Uh, the Star Trek Sucks show, for example. I know it's a bit outside of my my regular realm, but it's only going to be available if you're a member of the Nerdy Entertainment publication or you are a founding member subscriber. Think of think of the founding member thing like the blanket subscription to everything that is Lunduke Journal. Uh, and it's it's not going to be the last one that we're going to do like that. In fact, the, we're doing one called Star Wars Marvel and the War on Our Childhood the next month along with what is possibly shaping up to be one of my favorite shows that I've ever put together called The Four Horsemen of the Digital Apocalypse. Uh, it comes out in April. We're going to do it live. Big, giant slide deck. It's improving day on day. I, I'm really excited about this. Uh, it's it Basically, I'm taking artificial intelligence, smartphones, Internet of Things, and app stores, putting them together as the four horsemen of the digital apocalypse. And it it is... It is amusing to me, and it is an important show, but it's also extremely amusing to me. <laughs> so make sure you got those subscriptions. Go do that right now. Just just chop chop on that, um, and that's that's it. That's it. I'm going to go back to Open BSD now. I'm going to spend the evening tinkering with it a little bit more as I watch a little bit of television, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it for now. I hope you're all having a great time. And I will see you all later on and podcast.